Welcome to Season 3 of In Search of Peace and Healing. I'm your host, Celia Boone. Hello and welcome. This is Celia, and today I'm going to be talking about what keeps us stuck. Um, why do we have dreams and ambitions to do things, but then we tell ourselves, you know, I'd, I'd love to go back and further my education, but, you know, the kids are in school, da 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 okay. I'd love to start a new career. I have this great hobby, and I know I could turn it into cash, and, um, you know, Now that the pandemic is on, there are people who have lost their jobs. Maybe you have more time um, on your hands, you know, staying pretty close to to home and not venturing out a lot. Um, And so a friend of mine named Sharon, she's a really, really cool friend, and she's a wellness educator as well. And she teaches a class called, How Big Is Your Butt? And what she's talking about is the butt, like B-U-T. I'd love to do this, but. Oh, I'd love to, you know, travel, but. I'd love to, you know, whatever it is. Um, a project, a new way of living. You know, I'd love to quit drinking quit smoking, whatever it is. Um, Sometimes we just don't figure out a good way to go about it. And especially for things that maybe we tried before where there were barriers or challenges that we didn't expect or know how to deal with, you know, it shut our dream down. Maybe we allowed some people or person to shut our dream down. And maybe we've been living lives of near-life experiences, I guess. Um, Near-death experiences really don't worry me so much. But I spent more than two years in the early 2000s in bed, crying, begging God to let me die, eating and drinking, everything I wanted and more. And um, I just didn't die. And so that was definitely near life experience. And that went on a long time for me. So um, one of the things that I read recently, reread, um, is one of my favorite passages from the very funniest author I've ever, ever read. Her name is Jill Connor Brown, and she is a sweet potato queen from Mississippi. And she's the head sweet potato queen because there are a lot of other sweet potato queens too. (laughs) And these are adult women who have dedicated their lives to having fun. And boy, howdy, do they have fun. 
also um, in, in her second book, God Saved the Sweet Potato Queens, Jill writes, Don't fear being near death, but rather fear, dread, and loathe, and do all you can to avoid near-life experiences. No one goes to the grave or to the nursing home wringing their hands and gnashing their teeth and just wishing they'd served on a few more committees or just worked a little bit more at, at their job. Too often we are waiting until we, and then later our children or spouse or whatever, lack of spouse, finish school, waiting till the mortgage is paid off, waiting until we lose weight, waiting until we retire. We are always, as we say in the South, just fixing to. I'm fixing to lose some weight. I'm fixing to da-da-da-da-da. After this one thing or that one happens, then we will travel, write, play, rest, visit friends. Then we will live. And lo and behold, before any of that stuff can happen, Bam, it's over, and we never got around to living. So, how big is your butt, my listeners? Are there things that you want to do that you've been putting off? Do you have the great imposter syndrome, i.e. fear? Um... I know a whole lot of people who have been honest enough to admit that to me. And I usually start out and say, I have the great imposter syndrome. I can't believe people, you know, really think I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Because sometimes I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. So um, the way to actually, one way to go about moving toward living our, um, living the way that we were intended to live, whether it's following an inward calling, a spiritual calling, whether it's just broadening our horizons and doing things that are more fun and creative and help us de-stress and live better lives, live our best lives. So, um, I learned a lot about goal setting when I worked in mental health. And um, one of the ways for me that I have found to, um, to really make progress is to take actions. And actions give traction to help us meet our goals, you know, making our fondest wishes come true, etc. And so I have a, I've taught a class before, and this one is a little bit better when I can show rather than only tell, but I'm just going to talk about it a little. And the first thing um, I do when I sit down to write this goal plan out, I look at, okay, what are my strengths? If you can't think of very many strengths that you have, and I'm sure you have a lot more than you realize you do, um, then think about what do other people 
like and admire about you? Are you a hard worker? Creative? Talented? Are you organized? Are you loyal? Do you have pretty good intuition? Are you a person of faith? How about energy? Are you energetic? Do you have problem-solving skills? People skills? I get this one a lot. Do you have a comforting presence? Are you good at public speaking? Are you a musician or artistic? Are you an idea person? Do you have computer and technical skills, social media skills? Are you practical? Do you work smart rather than hard? It's okay if you don't, because there's nothing wrong with working hard. But, you know, to reduce the stress and the number of hours that work takes up in our lives, if we can figure out a smarter way to do it faster, more efficiently, with less stress, that's the way to go. Do you have common sense? Oh my goodness, common sense is not all that common in the world. But, you know, there are some people that have great common sense, and that's a huge asset when you were pursuing goals. Do you have teaching skills? And there are all kinds of other strengths we can have. Are you loving? Are you kind? Do you really appreciate and like people, like being around people? Or are you an introvert? Do you work better when you can shut yourself off in your office, your man cave, your she shed, whatever, and, you know, do your work? Okay, so that's, we've just, I've just thrown out a bunch of strengths. The next section is what assets do you have or have access to? So whatever your goal is, is it going to require that you need transportation? Do you have a car? Do you um, have the means to take a ride-sharing ride to get to where you need to go if you don't have a vehicle? Do you have money? Do you have raw materials? Are you a member of a professional network? Do you have a personal network? Do you have time, extra time? How about equipment? Have you been educated? So those are some of the assets. You can, I'm sure, think of a lot more on your own. The third section is, who are the people in your support network that you can count on? Um, these people will help you and give you accountability in working toward your goals. Um, it can be family members, blood family members. It can be choice family members, people who aren't related to us by blood, but that were born in our hearts. Um Neighbors, friends, church family. If you're if you go to a support group or a book club or you know a writer's workshop, do you have you know support group members that you can use 
um, to help you make traction? Do you have a spiritual advisor? Do you have, you know, is there a group somewhere of people who like jewelry making? And if that's your um, desire to become a jewelry maker, is there some kind of organization that you can join where you can learn from others and your creativity can spark theirs and, and et cetera. All right. Now then, so the first section is what are your strengths? Second is what assets do you have or have access to? Number three is who can you count on to help you? Now, I have found when I um, ask people for direct help, um, sometimes I'm surprised at who says yes and who says no. Sometimes there are people that I was sure would say yes, and they didn't. And there were some people that I didn't think cared a whit about me. And I asked them for help, and they just showed, suited up and showed up and really were helpful. And I found out they cared a lot about me, and I didn't even know. You're listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone. We'll return to this episode in just a moment. We invite you to visit our website, muchmoretosay.weebly.com. That's much more than number two, say.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, now, so we come to the fourth section. What do you need that you currently don't possess or have access to? So, you know, say you want to continue your education and a master's degree in whatever your field is costs $10,000. That's just a number. Um, and you don't have $10,000 to put down for tuition and materials and books, etc. Um, so these are just things that you are going to need to help get you to your goals. Don't worry if you're going to need money and you don't have it. There are ways to fund educations. And um, I'll talk about a couple of those at the end of this broadcast. The next section is what barriers or challenges have you had in the past? What has stopped you or slowed you down from going ahead and, you know, reaching goals? Because that, you know, a lot of times when people find a barrier or a challenge, they're like, oh, crap, I knew this wasn't going to work. And they just stop. Well, for me, I guess when I used the goal setting the most was when I tackled my um, huge weight problem. And, um, you know, in order to lose 250 pounds, I had to take a lot of action. 
And people would ask me, so what are you doing to lose weight? And my answer was, everything I can. You know, I have good doctors. I see a nutritionist. I have an exercise physiologist. Um, you know, I've talked to a couple psychologists and um, attended support group meetings. And, um, you know, I did pursue a surgical um, remedy as, as far as my stomach. I had gastric bypass. Actually, I had a sleeve gastrectomy and then a gastric bypass. And it was planned to do in two stages. And we did those two years apart. And they helped. They helped. Um, I don't weigh 500 pounds anymore. Thank goodness. Because I was pretty much too fat to walk. And so once you've had that, once you've filled out those sections, um, then I want you to have a section for what are alternative, alternative ways you can think of that you can overcome any barriers and challenges and get access to what you need to be able to make progress towards your goal. So if it's, um, you know, doing grant research um, to see what companies or foundations give grants to students, if you want to go to nursing school, nurses are in a way short order right now, and um, it's probably pretty easy to get a scholarship and go to nursing school. Um you know, so whatever that is, um, think out of the box on this one, like as far out of the box as you can. Um, if perhaps you have been injured in the past, if you are physically disabled or if you are mentally, emotionally disabled with the mental health issues, um, you can go to vocational rehabilitation. Um, I'm in the state of North Carolina, and so voc rehab, as we call it for short, has helped me tremendously. Um, they paid for three of my surgeries um, because I didn't have the resources to do that, and so they paid the bills. And um, you know, I was able to, after that, find work and be a taxpayer again and all that good stuff. Um, so they're just, you know, there are resources available. And, um, you know, fire up the old Google in your neighbor's yard and go looking for, to see what opportunities are out there, what kind of funding may be available. Okay, so now we get to the goals themselves. So I just started with one long-term goal. I want to lose weight. And um, then underneath the long-term goal, and the long-term goal, I was like between one and five years. I wanted, I needed to, I wanted to lose a whole bunch of weight. Like I said, I lost 250 pounds. So um, we need short-term goals that help us feed, they, they feed into the long-term goal 
one of my short-term goals was to um, get more physically fit and find an exercise that I liked because I didn't do exercise for way too many years. And, um, and then after the short-term goals, we have for each short-term goal activities that will help you reach your short-term goals. So, okay, I want to be more physically fit. Um, I want to have more strength and endurance and be able to walk and, you know, just have a normal life as far as my physical being is concerned. Is concerned. I wanted to have a body that's appropriate for me. And so... With the fitness short-term goal, getting physically fit, um, as an activity, I wrote down, join the Y. And I researched and found a Y near me that had exercise classes in the water, aquatics classes. And I started out with um, an arthritis class for senior citizens. Because there were lots of senior citizens getting around better, far better than I was at that point. And um, another activity was buy a swimsuit. So I ordered a couple swimsuits and got some beach towels and got a beach bag to carry my duds in. And I went and joined the Y. So see, all those are activities that fed into that that fed into that short-term goal of becoming more physically fit. And I continued going to aquatics classes. For several years, I went four days a week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every week. And after I got accustomed and stronger to, you know, doing a one-hour class, I would do a one-hour class and I would stay afterwards and jog in the water um, for an extra hour, you know. And I took increasingly harder classes. I couldn't do exercises that um, impacted my knees or hips, but I could sit on a noodle or have a flotation band around my waist and not touch the bottom of the pool. And I grew to love that. I love water jogging. My favorite place to do it is in an outdoor pool when the sun's out, sky's blue. Oh, man. And it's just my happy place. And I mean, I'm a happy person. Don't get me wrong, but that's just like the most peaceful spiritual, happy, wonderful place for me. Okay, so after you fill out your short-term goals, then, you know, make a list of several activities that you could use that will flow into your short-term goals and help you reach the short-term goals. Now, give yourself time frames. If your number one activity is, okay, I need to go join the Y, then, okay, I'm going to give myself one week during which I'm going to, you know, schedule a, um, a tour of the Y, see how the facilities look, does it look safe, 
is there a bunch of water on the floor in the women's bathrooms or do they have runner plastic runners in there and is it, you know, would it be a fall hazard for me or, you know, is this conducive to someone my size being able to change in the dressing room, et cetera. And so one week and then come back a week later and either, yes, I did do that or I didn't. If I didn't, then I said another, give myself another week. And this is where it, it actually helps to have somebody um, partnering with you or, or supporting you that will help you be accountable. Because when I was going to the Y four days a week, I, I had a part-time weekend job. It was a church music job. And I worked about three hours a week. So, you know, it didn't really take that much time. I went to the church staff meeting on Friday mornings, and then I played for church, the church service on the weekend. So I just made going to the Y, that was just my job. Since I didn't have another job that I worked during the week. And looking at it like this is my job, I found that the hardest part of being consistent and persistent with the water aerobics was getting out of my chair in the morning. Because I'm in a, you know, I have this great big comfortable chair with an ottoman, or I had it at the time. And um, so I'd get out of my chair, I would, you know, start my morning talking and listening to God, the God of my understanding. And I would ask for help as I got up out of my chair. And I'd walk back to my bedroom. And as soon as I had one foot in the swimsuit, that was all the momentum I needed. And it would just carry me. I'd put the other foot in, put clothes on top of my swimsuit, you know, put the things in my tote bag that I was going to need, shampoo, hair dryer, whatever, and, um, you know, went forth, drove to the Y, got in the pool, did my exercise. There was a lot of camaraderie with people there, and that really helped me. We would sing while we were exercising in the pool. Some of them would be hymns, Christmas carols, wet popular songs, whatever. But now that I've laid this out for you, um, I hope it's helpful. Feel free to listen again to this. And um, if you have questions and would like to see a worksheet printed out, contact us at our email address. And if you'll listen carefully, that's going to be given to you at the end of the broadcast. So thank you, my friends. I love you all. And good luck living a life that's your best life. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group. We invite you to visit our website, muchmoretosay.weebly.com. That's much more, the number two, say. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our podcasts are hosted on Spreaker. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and most podcast directories. Our email address is descantmmg at gmail.com. So like, comment, share, and join the conversation. Thanks for listening.